right. Hello and welcome to the Doctors In podcast. Um, Here we'll be talking about health topics with healthcare students and essentially their relevance to all of us. My name is Linda Pang and I am here with Darby Monarnock. We are first year medical students at the University of Iowa. Um, Our previous podcast hosts, um, Nathan and Ben, have recently graduated. So we will be recording this podcast in the future to provide free information on well-being and health and highlight many of the resources available to students at the University of Iowa. Today, our guest is Delane Glasgow, a third-year pharmacy student at the University of Iowa. We'll be talking about naloxone for opioid overdose reversal, its purpose, how it can be used, and how to access it. Delane did her undergraduate at the University of Iowa in pre-pharmacy slash interdepartmental studies of health sciences and wants to share information about naloxone access and how important it is for public health. Welcome, Delane, and thank you for being on the podcast. Yes, thank you for having me. Of course. Can you start off by telling us a little bit about the article that you wrote? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the article's main story, um, I just wanted to convey first about how opioids get a lot of the blame um, today due to the opioid epidemic. And there's a lot of fear in circulation right now um, regarding opioid overdose um, and the feeling that it's very common um, and just discussing how naloxone is available for opioid reversal and um, some trying to reduce some of the stigma surrounding overdose and just talking all about naloxone or Narcan and safety and efficacy and then how you can obtain Narcan for yourself, especially for free. Yeah, so I know you touched on the opioid epidemic a little bit, um, but was there anything else specific that, you know, made you want to write this article? Um, I am very passionate about Narcan in general, and then overall, like harm reduction. And like I said, just reducing the stigma surrounding opioids. Um, I'm in the palliative care certificate program at the pharmacy school. And um, it's very common that Narcan is co-prescribed for someone who will be taking chronic opioids with um, chronic pain, serious illness. So opioids are very important to me and making sure that um, everyone is safe while they're using them. And that's been very important to me and trying to get it dispersed around to everyone because we have so many great public programs. But I think wanted to write something that reaches the college student audience as well, um, just because I think that there's a lot of um, bystanders may not notice a lot of things and may not be unaware, like aware of everything um, that surrounds opioid overdose and how susceptible that we could be, especially in a college town. Um, so carrying naloxone, I feel like can, it's a commitment to others and the safety and well-being of others and including those who struggle with misuse of opioids as well. So it's very, very important topic to me. And I hope to kind of carry that on through my career. So this was just a very easy, very easy, very passionate topic for me to write about. Um, I do have a question lined up to ask you, but since you mentioned carrying naloxone, do you want to just talk a little bit about that? Like, do you um, carry it with you? And like, how? Yeah. what is the way that you do that? What is the best way to do that? Maybe just talk about a little bit why you, um, like why you made that decision. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I do actually carry Narcan. Um, it was um, surprisingly recently, actually, I think I just started carrying it last summer. I wasn't overly aware of the telenaloxone program or naloxone mm-hmm. Iowa, um, especially with the statewide protocols that are available in Iowa for pharmacists to dispense naloxone. 
Um, it was very easy to obtain and they just go through a risk and eligibility criteria to make sure that they could dispense it to you for free. And so I haven't had to use it yet. Thank goodness. But I would very much want to be the person where if I saw something happening that I would have the tools that I need to help. It's kind of similar to having like AEDs in school. Like I want to make sure that I could be prepared to help somebody, especially as somebody who will be working in healthcare that I feel like it's important. And even though um, I personally don't know anybody who would be necessarily at risk right now, you never know what you're going to run into. So I think that it's just a responsible choice. Yeah. Speaking of the tele-Iowa for the naloxone, um, for our listeners, could you speak a little bit on how you go about doing that? Yeah. So um, the website is naloxone Iowa. Um, super easy to use, very easy to navigate. Um, and then they have a section called Telenaloxone and you can either fill out like a request form um, and then, or you can just schedule a visit to talk with a pharmacist. Um, it's just like a telehealth visit, just a video chat. And then they'll go through kind of some questions about risk and make sure that um, you're a good, you know, like eligibility to get um, naloxone. And then they just ship it to your door for free. Um and that is a very, very easy outlet to use. But otherwise, there you can walk into any community pharmacy um, in the state of Iowa. You don't have to have a prescription from a doctor. Um, you can just walk in and request it, and then they would run you through the same eligibility criteria. Um, and then through the state of Iowa, they have um, like kind of prescriptive authority, but they do have permission to dispense naloxone without that. So it is very, very easy to obtain. Um, and throughout the, it's like with UIHC and the Iowa Department of Public Health, it's for free. It's a whole program. So it's no charge to you. And then if you happen to need it and you have to use it, you can just get another one sent right to your door. So very convenient. Um, thanks for mentioning the website. And I will also try to hopefully like put it in our, like the podcast description. We'll, we'll see if Linda can do that. We'll see if like <laughs> my, um, technology ability. Yes, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be very good at that either. Up to the challenge. <laughs> um, so we've already talked a little bit about it, but, um, can you talk about the main way naloxone is used and like, how does it work? Like, what is its mechanism? Yeah. Um, so there's a couple different forms of naloxone that are available that you can get through the program as well. So, there is like a nasal spray um, and then there's like a nasal atomizer um, and then there's like an auto injector. It just goes right into the muscle. So um, there's different criteria that you would think about for what kind of naloxone that you want to get. Um, I'd say if you have dexterity problems with your hands, maybe doing the auto injector would be better. Um, but usually the most common one I would say is the nasal spray. It's the easiest one to use. Um, and then did you ask how it worked? Sorry. If yes. <laughs> no, you're fine. Yeah. So um, naloxone is an opioid antagonist. Um, so when it's delivered into your body, it attaches to your opioid receptors, especially in your brain. You have opioid receptors all over your body. Um, and then it kicks off whatever opioids are occupying that receptor. And then it reverses and blocks the effects of the opioids. But um, so it's good to remember that the opioids are still in your system, but naloxone is just op- occupying those receptors and does a pretty good job about it. 
Yeah. And for like when to use the naloxone, um, could you speak on the like opioid overdoses, what individuals should look for, how they might occur? Yeah. So um, I think I have this. Yes, I did write this in my article, but um, it's always good, especially for bystander awareness, to know the signs and symptoms of an overdose. So a lot of those telltale signs are things like slow, shallow breathing. I think um, the average is like less than one breath every five seconds or even just the absence of breathing at all. Um, The person might be unconscious. Um, They might have very like slow or no pulse at all. Um, And a big thing is small, like pinpoint pupils. So um, I think it's always a good thing if we're, you know, going up and asking somebody if they're okay and they're not responding. It's always good to check out the eyeballs and make sure, (laughs) see if they have pinpoint pupils, because that could be a very big sign. But um, a person in an overdose event, um, they could be vomiting. uh, They can have really pale skin, blue, blue, purple fingertips, blue lips, that's just like the lack of oxygen and blood perfusion around the body. So those are some of the big signs of an opioid overdose that I think a lot of people need to be aware of, especially if you are going to be carrying Narcan. But that's a big education point when you do um, receive that, especially through the telenaloxone program. They do let you know of all those signs and symptoms to look out for prior to using it. Awesome. So how often should Narcan be given during an overdose? And can you just talk about the safety of the drug and what symptoms might occur after administration? Like, let's say, you know, I'm in a situation where I'm like worried about the safety of someone who's in my vicinity and I don't like know for sure if they're having an overdose. Would you recommend that I just give the Narcan? Like, what are um, some things that can happen if, you know, maybe they're like actually just had a lot of alcohol or some other substance that's not an opioid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think, I mean, obviously prior to like administering any naloxone, always have somebody call 911 immediately because um, that is a medical emergency regardless. Um, so even if you have Narcan on you, they will end up needing medical attention. So that's first and foremost before anything. Um, but if you're recognizing those signs and symptoms, um, always good to give a dose immediately. Um Good point. I guess with the nasal spray, um, you know, sometimes when we're using just outward nasal sprays, somebody might prime it once, but you actually should not prime a nasal spray at all. Um, This one specifically, but it works very quickly. Um, It can start to restore breathing within two to five minutes. So it's got very quick onset. Um, I think the number for another dose, I want to say it's around three minutes. So if you've given the first dose, um, and they haven't started breathing or they haven't come to after three minutes, then you can go ahead and deliver another one. Um, so that's just because some opioids out there, like especially synthetic ones like fentanyl, um, those bind to the receptors very strongly. Um, so that's why multiple doses might be needed to reverse just initial effects anyway. Um, but naloxone has about 30 to 90 minutes um, of duration. So to keep that in mind, some opioids also might stay in the body for longer than 30 to 90 minutes. So after that's worn off, um, they could go into another overdose event. And that is another reason for the medical services to be there. Um, So that's a big ASAP ASAP medical emergency. But um, 
the safety of naloxone in general, that is a really great aspect about it because naloxone really virtually has no side effects. It's one of the very few drugs that is very clean. Um, the only thing is if you've had allergy with history of its use, which if this is your first time, you might not know that. Um, so good to be aware if you have um, experienced those types of hypersensitivity reactions in the past. But um, I think with somebody, like you said, if you're not sure if they are actually in an overdose situation, you know, they might just have a lot of alcohol on board. Um, it is actually safe to give naloxone to somebody who has no opioids in their system at all. Um, does no harm. There's really nothing that will happen. Um, so that's what makes it even better so that there's not um, kind of a nerve wracking situation and where you have to make that split second decision. It's if you think that they're in an overdose, you can sure go ahead and give a dose and see if it works. Um, but otherwise, I think it's common for people to associate physical opioid withdrawal symptoms with um, side effects of naloxone. Mm. Um, but those things are like headaches, pounding hearts, get a lot of nausea um, and confusion, maybe some irritation as well. I also think just for the sake of reducing stigma, I've heard a lot of um, when I've talked about Narcan with other people, people do ask, like, don't people come to and they're combative? And I would say that is kind of a big um the big untrue thought. Um, I think it's good to frame that in a way that if we're thinking about if it was me in that situation and I would just woke up, I'm confused, have no idea what has happened. I'm feeling these withdrawal effects happening. I might be a little irritated as well, but I would not <laughs> say that being combative is necessarily going to happen with anybody who's being given a dose of Narcan at all. So it's very safe drug and I think that that's one of the, I love it so much. That's probably one of the best parts about it. It's, it's very safe. Yeah. That's a really good point is that like, there's so many other factors that are so many other things that are going on um, in a situation where you would want to give Narcan. So like, it's not really like someone's reaction to that situation is not necessarily a um, slight side effect or like a consequence of the drug itself. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. And I'm really glad that you mentioned that um, you should give it like if you think that an overdose might be yes. happening because it is really awesome and that it doesn't really cause any issues um, if you just that's what um, I was taught when I was um, started volunteering for IHRC which is the Iowa Harm Reduction Coalition um, I remember them saying like you know technically like you or I could take it like <laughs> right now and it wouldn't really do anything um, yeah so, um, Darby, do you have any other questions that you wanted to ask? Yeah, I was just going to follow up. So a lot of people know with like EpiPens, once they're administered, you know, go to the hospital. Um, is that necessarily something that you have to do with naloxone? For example, if it's given to someone who wasn't experiencing um, an opioid overdose or they were and they're now not wanting to, you know, pursue that option. Yeah, I think regardless if like the ambulance is called and first aid is on site, um, if that person, I mean, it's all in choice and personal care of what we want. Um, but I think if 
I would prefer if somebody that I was helping in that situation would go to the hospital and continue to be monitored um, just because of that opioid effect where it could be lasting longer than the naloxone can. Um, I know, I think maybe Iowa Harm Reduction Coalition, I think I've heard them have a stat about this, but um, naloxone when it's given um, can help somebody, you know, if they're having struggles with misuse of opioids um, and illicit substances like that, it can help save their life later, help them get clean. It's another chance. Um, so I think always should be going to the hospital after. Um, but I guess it's all in choice. So I do try to respect people's choices like that. I know it's very difficult, especially in that situation as a bystander to think of those things. So, yeah, I get where you're coming though. It's definitely better to be safe than sorry sometimes. So always encourage that next step. Yeah. Um, I actually thought of something while you were talking about this. Um, you mentioned something early about priming a nasal spray. Can you talk a little bit about that? We haven't like, we're just starting pharmacology. So we have like zero experience with like how drugs are actually administered or what those differences might be. So I was curious about yeah. that. Yeah. So um, the nasal spray specifically, it's got like tape on the nasal part of it. <laughs> really good, really good vernacular there. Um, <laughs> but it is just meant to like to be the least stressful as possible. No extra instructions. It's just meant you literally just take it and go into the nose and then just push it up. You don't have to prime. You don't have to spritz any out beforehand because you'll lose the entire dose if that happens. So it's just meant to take it out of the box, take the wrapper off and deliver a dose. So that's just the most convenient way to do it. And so that's a major education point when you're going to a pharmacy or if it's being delivered to you. Um, that is a big counseling point of if you are going to be using this, do not prime it. Don't do anything with it. Just just use it. And um, when you were mentioning the um, like telenaloxone, is that what it was mm -hmm. called? Um, the Narcan that they give you, is that like the nasal spray or is it like in a bottle? Yes, I believe. I think you can get any of them. I think oh, okay. Okay. just the nasal spray. I know when you go to a pharmacy, it is allowed that they can give you either the auto injector, the nasal spray or the atomizer. But um, just the easiest one, I guess, is just the nasal spray. So that's the one that I was given. So, okay. Um. I just wanted to put a little plug in for IHRC, which I mentioned earlier, but um, students should know that they can go to, they can like look up Iowa Harm Reduction Coalition online. Um, there's a website and there's also um, a, like a telephone number that you can um, call and text there. And there are volunteers that will get your message and essentially um, you can request uh, free Narcan like at any point we can also mail it to you if you're outside of our delivery range and um, we don't have a lot of the nasal spray because I did learn that apparently the like the like the little thing that does the nasal spray is like patented and can be like a lot more expensive but we do have free naloxone and syringes so um like with which to give it. So uh, if you also would like to get naloxone that way, it is another way to get um, the medication for free. So definitely a lot of options. Um, 
for someone who's hoping to like carry that around just in case um, an event like an overdose event ever happens around them. Yes. I'm a big proponent. <laughs> all right. Um, Delaine, I think that's all the questions we have for you today. Awesome. Okay. Well, I Thanks appreciate so you guys much. having me. Yeah, we yeah. really appreciate you being on the podcast and thank you to everybody who listens. And um, we'll probably be back in probably after next week, after spring break. I know there's another um, column that just came out recently. So definitely be on the lookout for that. Thank you.